0: Like I like I have a nerve right here. If, like if I would grab a hold of it like this, it would just make me like jump right out, out of the seat. And um, so last week, was so speaking. Like I just felt it jumping, like the whole time. And then, um, and then she prayed. And like ever since it's been it's been good. And then last like all day yesterday while I was praying, I felt it jumping and moving. And I've had like like I could grab a hold of it and like it doesn't. Feel like it's asleep and like... Basically oh, pretty much. Good. 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 My hips still wonky. Still throwing that yeah. out there. <laughs> we, need to, we need to get that thing right. The Lord needs to get it right. Still, still good. filling in? Still, still feeling good. Awesome. <laughs> I mean it's a little stiff yeah. up here
1: but I'm... mobile. That's <laughs> awesome. Did you know that happened when, when Linda and I were going around praying?
2: That's great.
3: Then it's like, my arm, I can move
1: my arm. <laughs> And, we, and he didn't even start praying out for that, that was like, he just started, at the end of the prayer, like, then I started speaking out, I'm like, okay, I can <laughs>
2: Awesome. How are your feet?
4: Oh, I've got no pain. Amazing. I even went shopping Come with on. Christy, and I, uh, my uh, Crest Gub and um, usually when we go shopping, like, it's a long excursion, and I'm in a lot of pain by the time we're done, but I told her, I, was like, I didn't get any pain at all, the whole time, no pain at work or anything. That's amazing. Usually I would, like, it would, it would be, like, a big ordeal for me to roll over in bed. Not anymore. can sleep on my stomach again. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, no,
3: pain.
2: no we, pain. We prayed for a bunch of folk a couple of weeks back. Was that? Yes, we was, did. Was it two weeks ago, three weeks yeah, ago? Yeah, like,
4: for my friend, and it was for...
1: Yeah. Some, Is there for any u-ray. reports
2: on how those situations are fleshing out?
1: I, I know my socks don't match. I I'm used to that. The whole your whole generation or something. No, never it's my boys. Socks. They steal all my socks
2: because Carrie gave them permission one day, and then they thought that was permanent permission. Anyway.
1: <laughs> that would irk me to no him. I know. Oh, <laughs> you but. don't even. My Christianity
2: gets right up at me <laughs> when I do
0: my own laundry and I have nine pairs of socks. I'm just... <laughs> okay. I, I told my friend, that we all paid for her.
4: She's really excited about it. And um, it kind of like opened a little bit of a door about like, because she, she knew that I was going to some class or whatever. So it opened the door for us to talk more about mm-hmm. it. And so we pretty much, while well, the kids would have their headphones on and they're playing on their computer games during um, the one class we teach together. <laughs> or don't teach, we put monitors <laughs> Um Well, okay, I'm our teacher, and she's a secretary for the superintendent. And they're wanting us to teach math and oh, math. reading, what for a, an hour. So we're like, we can't do that. So we let them play math and reading games
2: so this, instead. This it's topically.
4: So they have their headphones on and they're doing the math games, and so we. This is after talk.
0: school activity.
4: It's an after school. Oh, after school. It's not. Yeah, it's my second. Our second jobs. Yeah. So we we just sit there and talk and talk about what's going on here and stuff and. She's really interested in, you know, we, we start talking about how, like, you know, churches mm. don't talk about the Holy Spirit, and, mm. like, she was growing up, like, growing up, and she goes to Crossroads. Cool. Um, so, we're just talking about it, you know, just opening up, and... It, Crossroads
2: it, is a good church. They yeah, do, it they is. They do so many things. Yeah.
4: She, you know, she, and she's, she only goes there because her mom goes there, but she's, she's an older brother. She's, like, um like in her 50s, but you know, she's just she's always been so sweet to me and, you know, so it's just nice to have a conversation. And, but, you know, she hasn't had any healing or anything in her mouth, but, she, you know, she's really set up a prayer and stuff.
0: And, um. I do have another one. Teresa prayed for my ankles a couple of times. It's probably been a month, a month ago or Which um, Teresa? Uh, uh, Tom. Long? Yeah. Yeah. And so, so she's like, at the end of it, she's like, I, I feel things are moving. I said, okay. I said, I don't, I don't feel anything, but you do. That's cool. So, usually when it rains, like the, like last week when we had all that, all that rain, mm-hmm. that thing sort of robs. I mean, just it just hurts so bad I can't even do anything, nothing. So I go over to my girlfriend's house and she's got a treadmill. So I go to get on it and it's completely inclined. I don't, I don't pay no mind. So I'm on there I'm walking for about five minutes I'm like what is going on here I'm like this thing is completely inclined uh-huh. so I look down I'm like so I get off and I pull it all the way down and then so I go and finish finish what I'm doing and I'm like my, my ankles can be the problem when I get off this thing nothing wow. no no pain no there's been no pain Been all good that's
2: awesome praise God Amazing. remember when I did the treadmill and out of Bethel and then my muscles were just like screaming at me, because, yeah, stupid treadmills. I hate treadmills. Plus, you're just standing in a room. But there were all those forest fires out there, so I couldn't go outside. Yeah, especially yeah. now with asthma, Mom. I miss, no. I really miss
0: the treadmill from the campground. Why? Because I used to go three days a week. Now I can't, Now I can't go.
2: <laughs> I go outside now.
0: Well, they had a TV right in front
2: of <laughs> <laughs> and Nobody else used it, so I had complete control.
4: <laughs> I, I do have another testimony. I wasn't sure I was going to share it or not, but I kind of did share it with uh, Tina the other week or something. Um, I don't know. I guess I had like, a encounter with God that was like pretty intense. Mm-hmm. Um, it's weird because I was in the bathtub. so. <laughs> but I was in the bathtub, and I was just praying. And I, I can't remember if I was upset or something beforehand, but I was just praying, and, and I remember asking for the Lord, Holy Spirit to come, and, uh, and I started speaking in tongues, and I was mm-hmm. like, I could hear myself saying it, mm-hmm. and, uh, but I felt like I wasn't saying it at the same time, and um, I was, at the same time, I was also freaking out, because they can thinking, like, what if John and Amanda walk by, <laughs> like, they're going to see if there's something, like, going on in the bathroom, <laughs> but, um, so, like, I was, afterwards, I was questioning it, and, like, or whatever, I was like too nervous to say it out loud, like, again. And then I went and she had asked me over we at church, I guess, and she had asked me about tongues, and mm. that it was like a confirmation that yeah. it really did happen, and that wasn't just being, it was like a really, like, it was like an outer body experience, though. So. so, it was really interesting. When you told me
2: that, the reason I didn't react the other day was because I didn't think that, the, it, I didn't realize anything unusual about the story. You're like, I was in the bathtub praying in tongues, and I was like, okay. It was weird to me, though. I missed the detail of that's not normal for you. It's I just, not. I just... It's not. It was, I mean... Not I'm... that I would have freaked out then, either, because that's still normal. No. So, keep it going.
4: Yeah, I mean, now it was like, I didn't believe myself, or I didn't believe what was happening. So.
2: Well, that's exactly what the Bible says, that when we pray with our tongue, our, um, our mind is unfruitful. Right, so your brain's not going to understand or necessarily even appreciate what's happening in your spirit. Mm-hmm. So I would say you kind of have flesh spirit war going on sometimes with those think, with those thoughts. You know, it's like that's foolishness. Well, of course, it's foolishness to to human wisdom. Yeah. Right. So, but but it's benefiting your spirit and enabling you to intercede and pray and yeah, there's like yeah.
3: Ben Clark, there's several um, of his. Um, Sermons on YouTube, and he talks some about that. And he talked at Gateway, too, if you recall, yeah. a, while, a while ago about that. Specifically, of speaking asked him and I, to do that. I actually and remember it's really, it's really very a way that I can bring my heart to rest if there's things that I'm having trouble coming to peace with. Yeah,
4: it's like for it's me, very I don't know. I think I just like I still like in the process of a lot of. Not, I don't doubt God, but I doubt like what's happening to me. So it's right. like thinking right. like in my head, like, that. am I imagining something? So it was a little like awkward, but I do remember when Pine Clark was there
3: and he did teach on that. And too. maybe just hearing him again talk about that would yeah. help you to, you it's know, so move, to next, um, just
2: move, just move to the next. I literally move forward to to with, with that meetings. and your relationship <laughs> with <was> that. <done>. Yeah.
3: <laughs> You
2: so what? Like today, I was thinking about Penn Clark and tongues. And I was even thinking ahead about, you know, future DTSs. And I feel like, a, a, not this next one, the next one's on friendship with God, but perhaps the one after that, I was thinking of entitling it Spiritual Gifts. Um, it's so funny that you thought that, because I was thinking the other day,
4: I was talking to Pete about, like, what, might be the next DTS. And I said, I feel like there should be one on spiritual gifts. You're kidding me, right? I said that, <laughs> it's, it's I said that These
2: are all jokes right now?
4: No.
2: Sometimes the confirmations are too good. <laughs> and it's like, God, at least give us some mystery. Sometimes I feel like I
4: can't talk to you because it's going to happen. Like, yeah. It's <laughs> like
2: that lately. and like, it's, it's, it's been. It's been. Yeah. He's been confirming
4: Weren't you thinking about talking about the why the Judah the week that she...
2: I switched a song lyric that was, there was nothing about bold as lions or anything about lions in the song. The original song said, we're as Mount Zion. But the first verse already said, Zion. or a firm mountain. Why you gotta bring up more mountains, first verse two. I'd rather sing, we're as bold as the lions. So I switched the lyrics, and then I was like, hey Kate, make sure you switch it on the, on the PowerPoint thingy. And she's like, What? I just painted a the lion. Like, there you go. I guess that's confirmation that I should have changed the, that. I had the had that. I, that I, yeah, I already feel like I have permission to change lyrics anytime I feel like it. To be honest, but you know, yeah. and then you're like, no, that was confirmation for me that I'm painting the right things. So then I keep googling all this stuff. I'm obsessing over the. There's this little fishing village in uh, Nazar, Portugal. This tiny little fishing village, and you know. They have the world's biggest waves, and they never thought much about it, other than "Don't go there because you'll die." You know what I mean? Like just the other week, grandpa and a grandson were walking on the beach, died because a huge hundred-foot wave came in and just crushed them. Oh, you know I what I'm saying? Foot. the biggest in the whole world, dude. The I biggest would. in the biggest waves on the planet
3: that's
2: like are well,
1: that's
2: here. A tree. And that's a don't walk there. No, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they break against this big stone, like this big rock cliff over here, but then there's a beach over here. But the place where they're really the biggest is, is more, of anyway. So I was saying to Kate that for some reason I had gotten obsessed know, like, with these the surfers, with these surfers who uh, have all, in the last 10, yeah, five to eight years or so, this place went from an empty fishing village where the, for hundreds of years everyone knew, just stay away from, the, from those waves, you'll die, mm-hmm. And to, instead of that, now it's the, sur- the thousands of surfers flock there. And there's this huge... Oh, I don't need to share all the details. But I've been obsessing over it and like, Googling it, looking at articles on it, and watching videos of it. And today I sent her a video of it. And, the, it, and so like, that weekend I show up and there's like a wave. <laughs> a new painting of a wave. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. What is even happening right now? So I sent her today a video of the dude doing an 80-foot wave, which is now the yeah. current world record. And uh, they give him an award, and the award is basically her painting. It's like a it's a. <laughs>
4: it's the statue what? of my painting. It's so so similar, it's crazy. Mm. And wow!
2: And the meaning of your painting? Do you, or No, it's for you to tell.
4: I think I could tell. I got like the. I feel like it was maybe three weeks ago.
2: Yeah.
4: I had a, like the. I had the vision of the painting as soon as I finished my other painting of the lion. Um, and I asked God what it was about, um, as I'm painting it. Um, and it was just the fact that He told me that Gateway was going to go through a storm, but it was going to be okay. We were going to be completely calm in the storm, mm-hmm. but it was still going to happen. The storm was still going to happen, but we were going to be okay. We were going to be completely calm in the storm, so that was what it was about. And and um, so the wave was, you know, the stuff happening, but just the, the peace, you know, and was like when you're I mean I never surf, I did surf a little bit, I used to body surf a lot when I was younger and when you're in a wave it's just like there's a calmness, so it was part of that too. But it's funny because my next painting also has already been confirmed too.
2: Yep, by Richard Showalter. I sent Richard an update um, about how Sunday went because he asked me all kinds of questions. How did church go? And I said okay, so I typed an update about some stuff, just everything that my whole day, from like the time I got up to the time I typed the email. Yeah, because the whole day was cramp-packed with ministry and God and everything. So I wrote the email, and then he responds, I included the detail about the lion thing, and he, he responds that the lion, who is also the lamb who was slain, is powerfully at work in Gateway. And I said, that's interesting. I hadn't even thought about the lamb. And I mentioned that to Kate, and Kate's like, that's the next painting. He already told me. Like, I've already been working on it. <laughs>
1: <I'm> like, what? <laughs> so God is speaking. Yeah. And all, that's the book that's I was awesome. reading today, God speaking to us. <laughs> if you're seeing more than one thing, you know, like, don't, you know, don't count it as nothing. Right. You know.
2: Yep. So. God likes to talk. Likes to talk in yeah. riddles. He wants to speak to us.
0: He, yep. God also told. I remember saying this to Katie, but um, I said, you know, Katie, I, I really think you need to draw a lamb with oil coming down its forehead. And she said, you don't know that I'm already doing that? What? <laughs> <laughs> the details on that? It's the
2: details that yeah. they have. just like, what? Just what?
3: I loved... Um, dance or just on Sunday about walking with you not ahead of you or behind you and this just shows that rhythm and the beauty of that rhythm like it's it's amazing
2: yeah we're in a, we're in an interesting season for me as well as everyone else but we're in an interesting season for me because it's like Okay, the father said something to me the other week about you know that you were born to preach, mm-hmm. and if someone were to say that was you, you suck at preaching, you would laugh. You would like laugh out loud,
4: mm-hmm.
2: and and then you know, and then I would think, well, how can I preach in such a way that maybe I can speak their language or whatever? But I would laugh at the very idea that I suck at preaching, right. because I know that I'm really good at preaching, and I know that when I'm doing it, I'm doing the thing I'm on planet Earth to do, or one of the main things anyway. And the Lord said, you know... Actually, I'll see if I can say this. Do I have permission to say what you actually told me, God? Dang it! So then he says... That was a no. Um, Then he says... Because he used strong language. (laughs) Then he says, the way that you know that is how I want you to know this. I was born to lead Gateway Fellowship. He said, because you know you're called to preach, if somebody challenges that, you, you don't buckle. You go, okay, and you go on. But you have not known or owned that you're called to lead Gateway. But I actually created you to lead this church. I created you to shepherd my fog. You know, and, and I said, oh my goodness, yeah. I've got to own that. I gotta, you know. There's something about knowing what we're on the planet to contribute. And not knowing it fully, not really fully knowing it means we'll, we will buckle when pressure happens, when setbacks happen. Although it's like, I keep going back to the thing he told me about John 10, you know, years ago, and he said, um, it's Sunday morning, I'm supposed to be prepping for sermon, but instead I'm down there talking to God about like totally unrelated things, right? And I'm like, God, why, why am I here? Why am I still here? Why, why don't I quit? This is insanity. And he says, turn to John 10. And I flip over to John 10, and it says, the thief, uh, I'll just, well, no, you guys know. The high, this is what it says, the, the verse he highlights to me. Because as soon as I heard John 10, I go, oh yeah, John 10, 10, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but the good shepherd, you know, he comes that might have life, and more abundantly, abundant life. Yeah, boy. And um, so I, that's why I assume he's going to go. Nope, that's not where he's going to go. This is what he says to me. The hired hand flees when the wolf comes. Mm-hmm. But the good shepherd, Hes his life down, because he loves the sheep. And then he said, "And that's why you can't quit." And I, cause I, that's what I was asking. Why can't I why, what's, what's wrong with me that I can't just like, get out of here?" And he's like, "You love the sheep, Tim. You're in it because you love the sheep. So you just. You know, can't. And that day did something to me. It, like, it answered a deep question that I was trying to figure out how to answer. You know, I don't even remember what I preached about that day, but I remember that. You know, so anyway, uh, what chapter are we on with this thing? Because if we keep talking about that, I'm just going to start crying a lot. I think this appendix about healing those in hospitals is one of the most cool things in this whole book. I, I listened; it's it's really short, and I listened to it like over and over. And I was thinking, man, this it's not it, it's this. I'm going to read the whole thing to you because it's so short. But I think it's one of the most useful things in this whole book. You'll, you'll see why in a minute. Hospitals are one of the most difficult places in which to pray for healing. I believe the reason for this is that hospitals, although committed to healing, are often under the authority of those who oppose, often may, oppose divine healing. And physicians, of course, are committed to a scientific approach to
3: healing. Excuse me, what page you on
2: 242.
3: Thank you, I'm
2: sorry. <laughs> Physicians are committed to a scientific approach to healing, which can be influenced by materialism and rationalism. In other words, no God. This orientation, intentionally or unintentionally, mitigates against the practice of divine healing. So we've got, we've got author- an authority system. Because authority carries weight in the spiritual realm, even if they don't believe in a spiritual realm.
3: Oh.
2: And so you've got doctors who are in authority, saying there's no miracles. And it can mess with the
1: atmosphere in a hospital. In a church too? In a church too. I used to, there was a couple of nurses I knew, there was no, it's like it was all worldly and nothing with God. They don't even think to even bring that part into it sometimes. It's like they Mm. were the hardest people to talk to sometimes. Mm.
2: (laughs) So we must learn to honor the authority of the doctors, because we're supposed to honor all authority, while not giving up our authority to heal. So I pray for the sick in hospitals in the same way that I pray for them in other settings. But to deal effectively with the unique hospital environment, special personal preparation is required. I liken this preparation to putting on the proper uniform and the equipment of a soldier. Here's a summary of the prep I go through at home. Wow. Number one, I read scripture to remind myself of who Jesus is. And what Jesus has done. He is the mighty God, able to heal, Isaiah 9 6. He is the compassionate God, willing to hear, heal, Mark 1 41. He gave his life to make us whole, 1 Peter 2 24. He conquered evil and is now reigning over all authorities and powers, Ephesians 1. Number two. So, number one, I read scripture and remind myself who Jesus is. Number two, I read scripture and remind myself of who I am in Christ. I'm God's child and servant, 1 John. I'm righteous and worthy, 2 Corinthians. I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, Ephesians 2. I'm God's co-worker, 2 Corinthians 6.1. And third, I read Scripture and remind myself of my authority and my mission to heal. I've been sent just as Jesus was sent, Scripture. I've been commissioned to heal, Scripture. I've been empowered to heal, Scripture. So, read Scripture I love how he just it's scripture. Scripture about who is, the, who is the Lord Jesus? Who am I in Christ? What is my mission and mandate? And then number four, I empty myself of natural considerations, fears, presumptions, and preoccupations. In other words, all the crap we're carrying from our day. Right? I can't do anything in myself. 1 John 5. And if anyone is healed in the hospital, it will be because Jesus does it. So I ask God what he wants to do, and where I fit into his plans. When I arrive at the hospital, I follow my normal five-step procedure for divine healing. However, there are certain aspects of the procedure that require particular emphasis. I usually do the following. When I in, when I arrive, I do the following. Number one, I invite the Holy Spirit for guidance and discernment when I arrive in the hospital room. Number two, I'm especially careful to look for a healing environment. In other words ask myself, what is the atmosphere in here like? Is it full of death? Is it full of suspicion? Is it full of fear? Is it full of despair? On several occasions I have had to ask people to leave, usually relatives who have no faith for healing. I also rebuke any evil spirits that I sense might be present, which has a dramatic effect on the room's atmosphere. Also, people are quite susceptible to the influence of evil spirits during times of serious illness. That's very funny. As a result, I'm sensitive to the possibility that they may need deliverance. Third, I concentrate on what God is telling me to do, not on their condition. Just the sight of a really sick person can dampen my faith. Their physical deterioration, the machines, the needles, the hospital personnel, all of that can dampen my faith. When I concentrate on the patient, I can become overwhelmed by the idea of the impossibility of healing. But when my attention is given to God, I am confident he can heal. Fourth, I ask God to help me show a special love for the patient. I especially try to touch the person and to communicate to him or her God's love and my love through holding hands or touching a shoulder. Number five, I read scripture out loud, which releases faith for healing in both the patient and in me. And number six, I pray aloud, asking for God's mercy and faith for healing. And I encourage the patient to pray aloud with me. I read the whole appendix to you. Can you see why I just kept listening to that, listening to that? Because I'm going, John, it ain't just hospitals that we need to do this. That's all I was thinking. (laughs) It's every difficult environment where the Spirit of God is not being honored and not holding sway.
3: And these are such great verses like... I just need to go home and copy them each onto a card. My favorite just thing. You know, to like, button. wow, this is
2: just. Yeah, if you create like a laminated card of, of that kind of stuff, I would take a copy because it's yeah, like so, so simple. I've
1: been wanting to do this for a while with
2: a lot of. It I feel like that's how we enter. That's how we should <laughs> I'm enter. not good. With like your... some of those, are gonna write it out. <laughs> yeah, okay, one time. I, ooh, okay. Yep. Yeah, I'm gonna say it. Ah. Okay. Fine. I'm allowed to say it, but I'm not allowed to say names. One time, I was at a prayer meeting. And one of the came in and had a demon on him. Not our current On their face, that's the only time in my whole life I've seen a a demon with my physical eyes. Or or at least it felt like it was with my physical eyes. I'm sure it was with the eyes of my spirit. But it was so real that I was flummoxed. Because I'm not Matt Rowan. I don't see this kind of stuff. Matt just sees demons. Oh, Tim, I want you to know. Last three weeks there's been a little green fella about... 18, 18 inches tall, and he's been following so and so into the building. He just sits next to him while they're worshiping. Just figured the pastor should know about it. Me, Matt, what am I supposed to do about that? What's its assignment? The, the guy gave it permission to follow him in. It leaves with him. It's obviously there because he gave it. What, Matt? What do I do? I don't
0: know. You're the pastor. <laughs> You're the worship
3: leader. <laughs> Both have
0: authority. <laughs> we should have told Carolyn. That's what we should have done. We
3: should
2: have told Carolyn Big. She'd have gone back there. <laughs> now, but see, I know the person who it came in with, and I know the deep bitterness and issues in their heart, and I know that. Okay, see, you see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So, and I'm going. Oh, so yeah. So it it's partnering,
3: know. like yeah. you just said. Yeah. That's so hard.
2: But yeah, another came in, demon on his face, and um, at the time that person was profoundly committed to resisting the move of the Holy Spirit in our church. Oh, and told right. me so. Mm. And uh, when I saw that, I did not know what to do. Because if I had called it out in English, that's the end of our relationship permanently.
4: Right. Right.
2: Now that person and I have a very good and healthy relationship, and that demon is long gone. Because that thing was a situational assignment you see, is, it, is a man of God who actually has the Spirit of God in him, yeah. and in that in that season, he made an agreement that that with a whispering spirit that was coming against the flow of the of the Lord, and partnered with that thing, thinking it was God. And I, I was just, what do I do with this? When you have, you know what I'm saying?
4: One thing that so occurs what to did me. You do
2: with that? Oh, what I did was, I. I said, hey, Dennis, I need you to lead this prayer meeting. And I f- fell on my face before the Lord and just pleaded his mercy because I didn't know what else to do except fall on God and just cry out. And, and I knew that I couldn't fall on God and cry out and deal with that and intercede with that and lead the prayer meeting in the normal way at the same time.
3: Right.
2: And I knew that I couldn't just stand so up. So you and,
3: passed off the leadership of so the prayer meeting. I said, Dennis, you
2: had a prayer meeting. I'll be on my face. And I just laid on my face wow. and pleaded with God to move. Because I didn't know what else to do except fall on God. And maybe someone more seasoned in the things of the Spirit would have found a way to, like, you know, maybe they would have said, get the hell out of my church to the person or to the demon. And the person, But see, that's what, that's what I knew, is if I addressed the demon, You'd I'd lose the person, who is actually a brother in Christ, who's been temporarily taken captive. you know, Voluntarily, but they don't know. They think it's God, and they will fight me on this. But you know, there's so many principles in, in, in even those little stories. It's like, one of the things that my wife said to me recently is, anyone who would rebel against the Lord's authority structure is clearly in trouble already.
3: Because
2: mm-hmm. yeah. obedience to your authority structure is just throughout both Testaments. You know what I mean? It's, just, it's biblical. Obedience is one thing. Submission is another thing. Obedience you can do and grit your teeth and hate it. Submission has to have a willing heart in it. Do you know what I mean? And God will bless and vindicate. So like if you're little David and you have an unfair Saul in your life, God will honor and exalt you. He will. He'll fight your battles. You don't have to to kill Saul if he's evil. You don't have to kill him. In fact, don't kill him. Honor him. You let God fight for you and you don't lift a finger or a hand against the Lord's anointed. And I've just seen over and over, man, like, there seems to be a lack of the fear of the Lord in the body of Christ toward authority. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and toward our current elder team, too. I've heard some very slanderous and disrespectful things said that even if they were true, shouldn't be said in that tone, if that makes any sense. Mm -hmm. You know. Anyway, this isn't even the topic of the day. I like these ideas, and I like how this little culture that we've developed in this class is, <laughs> yeah, I... we didn't get this way until we started meeting in a house. You know what I'm saying? So today, I just kind of wanted to end the semester by talking about, is that semester? Is that the right word? Whatever. Talk about maintaining <clears throat> momentum. So I have a list of just three or four little items, mostly three, about how to main I am recording, but I'm holding it so it's probably all blasted out, I'm too close to it. First one, if we're going to maintain momentum, we better set clear goals. That's what you're going after. Yeah. <laughs> She's going after the Holy Spirit. And one of the things about setting clear goals is you have to, it's like, it's, it's, a, it's leaning into the future. It's a, it's a vision of your life as it could be. And every time we gain a lot of hope in the Christian life. And and we start to see what's possible. That's what happens in us. We gain a vision of what's possible in our life. And we start to lean into it and live toward it. But it's really helpful to have clear goals. And the goals have to be two things. They have to be simple, defined, and doable. And then the second thing is they have to be so compelling to you that you'll keep doing it even when you run into setbacks and failures. So, I don't know what the goal is for you, but... It has to be number one, it's a vision of the future, right? But how do we get there? What is the thing coming out of this class on healing that you want to be a part of your normal lifestyle? Now, how do you translate that down into a simple goal of something you can take action on consistently? That's that's step one. Get extremely clear about your goal. Number two would be identify in advance the inner conflicts that you are going to have to overcome to stick with it inner conflicts like i'm too busy inner conflicts like oh that's embarrassing or inner conflicts like the belief that oh i don't have a current i don't currently have enough momentum to step out and pray for that stranger when i had momentum back in the class i would have done it but now i'm going to give myself extra shall we say excuses I was going to use the word grace, but that's not grace, that's excuses. But what are the inner, and maybe my examples aren't the real ones for you, but what are the inner conflicts that you're going to have to overcome to stay moving forward? The inner conflicts can be beliefs, what I call, I would call them lies, or they can be feelings. Beliefs and feelings are not the same things, but and if it is a belief, it's like how am i going to address this? And if it's a feeling, how am i going to address this? Feelings are rooted in your biology actually. They're they're rooted in chemistry, which means you can hijack your feelings if you hijack your body. You know, but but, but we we've got to be prepared to Yeah, so anyway, that's number 2 is is what are the inner conflicts that you anticipate might become you know, What's the verse the foxes that steal the vineyard or that you know ruin the vineyard number three, get the best tools available so if we're, if we're going to walk in healing, we want the best tools available the best books, the best, best, best theology, the best mentors, the best models so number one, I would say review in terms of the best tools. review this class, the podcast, which I'm going to share this file that I made with all of us on the page so you won't have to write down or you'll be able to click on all these. And it'll go straight to the thing. See they're in blue. They're already hyperlinked. Our podcast, the audiobook. But then I just have a list here of people with proven fruit. Number one number one, Jesus. Here's a link on here to all of the miracles that Jesus performed. And they're just all on one webpage. And you can just read through them for inspiration and, and you know all that. Number two, I have a link to a Dan Muller teaching here. I have a link to all of Randy Clark's uh, books. Another one, Bill Johnson. I think I have a link to a teaching of his on here, or a book, I can't remember. Then I I also link to Curry Blake. Some of y'all might have heard of Curry Blake, I think, Mm -hmm. Tina. And the the teaching, the... (laughs) It's 12 hour-long sessions that I linked to with Curry Blake that Carrie found extremely helpful. He's a weird dude. He doesn't seem like a nice person, but he does love Jesus. And what burns in his chest is healthy. What I mean is, his demeanor is very curt, and short and blunt. But that don't mean he doesn't love. But I had to get over that because Carrie's watching all these videos. Like he doesn't seem nice, and she's like, he's so helpful. She was like writing notes everywhere. But he raised his kid from the dead, and it's all interesting yeah, stuff. He has
1: fruit, so. We can have
2: That's right. That it, the only people. Free. The only people I put on this list are people on some with fruit. Things
1: he says, but he has fruit, so he's. Still, you're doing in more than what you know.
2: And he deserves does. to be on this list. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. who am I to criticize him when he's over there with all that fruit and I'm yeah. over here going, I I think, that. "Is that a grape? I think I see a <laughs> grape." You know. <laughs> uh, who else? I got John G. Lake, one of my heroes. Yeah. If I, I link to a book of, about him, Mariah Woodsworth Eder, I linked to a, a book about it's like diaries of her Holy Ghost encounters and ex- exploits. Oh, you got to pay for all this. Not all these, but the books I referenced, they're not free. But used on eBay, right, Evelina? Use three bucks on eBay for used. F.F. Bosworth, Christ the Healer. I linked to that book if you're interested in that. Okay, but enough of that. Get the right tools. Get a mentor. If there's two out-of-shape people and they say, we're going to go to the gym every day, and that's who you commit to be your partner in this thing, That's, you're going to enable each other to quit. That's what's going to happen there. What you need is somebody who actually is already super fit and works out every day to be your mentor. Because they're going to call you on your crap. They're going to be like, what the heck are you doing? As opposed to me, I'm going to be like, you're right. Let's go to Hardee's. You know what I'm saying? Because Hardee's (laughs) is there. There's Hardee's and there's the fitness place that June and those boys go. Hardee's is there. The gym is there. I'm going. Anyway. But I'm saying, get a mentor and check in. Someone with fruit who's an expert in what we're going for, and consult with them weekly, you know? Immersion is the main thing. We know this, that's why this class is helpful, because we're immersed, and, but it's not as immersed as it would be if you guys get on fire for this topic, because this is only once a week. If you get immersed, where it's no longer once a week, but it's like literally all of your commutes are redeemed, because you're listening, soaking, and your hobby time, spare time. When you, you know, if you're like me, when you've been with people a lot, then you need to unplug. And the way I unplug is I watch things on YouTube. And you know, I don't have to just watch basketball updates on what's going on. I could also watch some Curry Blake. Mm-hmm. Immersion is what ignites passion. And also immersion uh, together. This is the next point is going to be y'all's ideas. How do we do this? How do we keep going? How do we how do we keep the momentum? Uh, you take a piece of wood and you light it on fire it'll it'll burn a while but if you put a whole bunch of pieces of wood on a pile and you arrange it the right way you light that on fire it's it's a different kind of fire and something about being immersed in an environment if your wood if your fire wood would go out their other fire is going to reignite it so that's just my notes for my ideas about And I stole some of those ideas from one of my favorite motivational speakers in the history of life named Tony Robbins. I love that dude so much. I I hack his stuff, and I'm like, I see Jesus in all of his theories. I don't know if he knows Jesus. I think he might. But I see so much Jesus in in his stuff. But anyway.
4: Just like
2: Zig Yeah, and that's somebody I want to read. But what are your ideas for how can we keep this going? We've had a good class, but I feel like we're just beginning to open the subject. We haven't really gone that deep. We're just beginning. Are there names that I missed that you guys are going to want to add to that? Probably are some names that are missing from my... Because that's just me typing tonight, quickly.
3: There's a YouTube series um, called God's God's Journals. It's um, done by the same person as the book. and Because I don't really get a lot of books read.
4: Really? Yeah.
3: I listen to a lot of books. I don't get a lot read. That book was this thick. That was a huge... But it was a really super long, like, hours and hours YouTube. I read the whole thing. Oh, um, yeah. Because I was in that
2: season of, like, right. give me yes, all some of, of it.
3: the people that you listed there are people that were part of yes. that building
2: up. So link to that on, on the DTS page.
3: I'll try to remember to do that, yeah. It's just really helpful to hear those kinds the stories, of people man. talk and the stories of them. <sighs> I think for myself, I have to learn to let go of fear. Um, yes. And just... He says so many times in the book, he says, um, God's responsible for healing. Like he mm-hmm. keeps putting that... That's like been a recurring phrase mm-hmm. that I keep seeing. Um, he puts that responsibility back on God. It doesn't have to be something that I feel... Um, disqualified by or like some anything depends on me because it doesn't
0: yeah, our part so is to we believe we need to live like
3: we're children of the father and really believe mm-hmm. that he wants to act on behalf of the people that he brings into our you know into our friendships, somebody we know well or somebody that we're just getting to know or someone that we might not ever see again
2: It's really hard to it's it's hard to listen to a testimony about a miracle God did, and then walk past someone who needs that miracle, knowing that my Jesus can do do that. And for me, that creates a discomfort. If I ignored healing, it would be more comfortable in that sense, of course. Then you deal with the discomfort of living in a world where uh, you know what I'm talking about. Sin and sickness are just you know. And I don't. I would rather stir up my faith and put make that put me in a position of being uncomfortable and having to learn how to change, than to that feels healthier to me. The discomfort of of this learning process feels more... You get. I don't have to finish the sentence. You guys hear me?
3: This learning pro- process is a little com- complicated because things <coughs> in your head.
2: When in reality, it's probably real simple, isn't it? We just make it complicated.
3: Yeah. Uh, he says again and again, uh, another recurring theme is just learning to hear the Holy Spirit and being obedient. Like when He, you know... Do what he tells you to do. Mm-hmm. A few weeks ago, you reminded us how important it is to be intentional about asking God, who do you want me to pray for today? Yeah. You know, those are pretty simple things, but they're complicated because we make them our own fear and our humanness kind of make them feel complicated.
0: Well, like I know with me, like this thing with the with the word knowledge, like I want to keep, keep it going. Yes. <laughs> but it's like, I'll say like, like on Sunday when you you know, and he was like, you know, seek the Lord and ask if He's gonna give, you know, give you a word of knowledge or whatever. And I was like, okay, so, so I just sat down and prayed, and like I got nothing. And what happened was, the Lord showed me He's like, you're you're trying to perform, instead of just listen. Mm-hmm. And and like as as I started to listen, then the Lord started to to, to give me stuff to say. And when He started doing that, like like the prophetic came with me because my hands got complete, my hands were completely numb. And they felt like a big old baseball glove. And and I had, you know, several people come up to me, and like the headache thing, the, that one, the person came to me, and it, and it was right on. You know, um, and it, but it was like, the Lord's like, you don't have to perform. I'll give you what you need when you need it. Mm-hmm. So yeah. it, was, it was just interesting how he taught me that where, where, if he wouldn't have showed me that, I would have probably just tried to, to do it out of performance. And that's not what he wants. Like, he, he wants us to do it because he's giving it to us because people need it and they need love. Basically, that's what he downloaded to me, like, during that whole whole situation. And, you know, I want to keep that going because 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 I know people can encounter him. You know, I want them to encounter him. Like, that's yeah my heart. I don't want it to be a thing of, oh, this is about me. Because not about, you know... It's
2: yeah, and it's not about issues being healed. It's yeah. about
0: people yeah. Yeah. Right. being healed. Yep.
1: But it also comes down to, are we ready to put that time in? Like, we're not just going to do a little prayer over some people, and that it's going to be like that. So are we ready to sit there three or four hours until we pray this through? You know, are we ready right. to put our time in to, to get where, you know... He wants
2: to take us also. That's what he's been asking me. So here's
1: what I'm hearing so far. Like no church, just the noon on Sundays. You know, You may go till four o'clock.
2: Yeah. Oh my gosh. Wow. <laughs> oh. Yeah. I mean, that was one of the, <laughs> that was one of the most helpful for me early on in this process with with you know that John John Wimber's book uh, before the class even started that that principle of slowing down and just slowing down and and allowing people to soak in God's
1: mm-hmm.
2: you are ushering in the presence of God allowing that space mm-hmm. to be a healing space for them so it's not so much about the words we're saying mm-hmm. or the methodology of how we're praying God,
1: the Holy Spirit, the it's
2: allowing the Holy Spirit yeah. is staying mm-hmm. praying slow and asking questions to God for what to do next mm-hmm. with a relaxed we're not in a hurry to get this done and get out of here that's when we three went out to Ohio I guess the church is from Pennsylvania, we're in Southern Ohio. We focused on doing that, and boom, we got all sorts of prophetic words. We didn't pray for a bunch of prophetic words. We were just trying to go slow and create space for God. And
0: And it took a lot
2: of time. And it took a long time. But we had so much fun.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I'm just saying, like it took, what, five? That one evening was what
2: five hours, six hours of praying. Mm-hmm. Is ended like midnight or something. Yeah, it was a long,
1: long, long, long time. Yeah, but time. remember, when, remember when we blast. were asking for God a long time ago, we'd have 24 hour <laughs> prayer. I mean, it didn't stop. The church had continuous prayer. Well, I know I was. I don't know. Brian may have been lower than. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. talking about you know when we had the latest prayer. Man, we would do 24 hour prayer on a continuous basis, seeking God. You know. Wow. It wasn't you know, somebody I bet be that bore
2: check. good fruit. I bet so that I bore think. real good fruit. because yeah, every time I've ever taken time to press in, I've seen really good fruit. And by pressing, you know what I'm ta- I'm not talking about striving, I'm talking about giving God space and
0: So I just had this idea while you were saying what you were saying. What if we once a month, maybe even did us did the service in a way that we were gonna extend the service and then at 12 o'clock dismiss people that would want to be dismissed and then just continue
1: that's I what I like that so me. much but yeah. let people know that you are continuing yeah that's why I said Wednesday night I wanted them to keep going because I felt like we were just finally getting to breathe <laughs> <And> it's, <like, laughs> so.
2: it's really good when you start to do in front of others what you do by yourself Without concern. Oh, it's coming, guys. It's coming. I can see it. It's coming. We're going <laughs> to yes. dance again. We're going to dance again. We're going to twirl and dance again like we yes. used to. Like we used to. The
0: glory's coming.
2: It, because, and I'm not saying it's going gonna, it's gonna to happen because God's going to do some special thing. I'm saying our freedom, we're, we're going to get in touch with our freedom and the gospel in such a way that we're not bound by the atmospheres, and we'll create create the right atmosphere. Because we're, you know, Jesus walked into it. It's called
1: hunger. 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 Hunger brings.
2: Hunger and joy. You know what I'm saying? Because like, why did we dance before? Joy. Joy. Why did we have the joy? Hunger, which led us to feasting, Mm -hmm. which led us to joy, which led us to dancing. So yeah, you're right. It's hunger. And I think it's coming back. Some of us are so fed up with the machine of trying to get ourselves into a thing. It's like, wait a minute, no, the gospel has already given us the thing. Can we return to that? To like, this, we have it. Like, I love, I love the idea of doing an altar call where you invite people to come get nothing because it's already in them. Like, because, you know what I mean? Every altar call is that. Every altar call is saying, why don't you come back to the reality of
1: Christ?
3: coming into agreement with what has already been purchased.
1: Do you need refreshment? Well, I think it's just loving God. If you're just, you know, got that hunger just to loving, He's going to show. Wait, what? You know? so. I'm trying to, okay. <laughs> hunger.
2: And then, do I personally, or does everyone? No, does
1: everyone? <laughs> <laughs> <I didn't know.
2: laughs> we ought to meet.
0: Who in the, this room needs refreshment? Come forward.
2: With me. I'm all for altar calls. I'm just saying, what every altar call really is, is like, they could have feasted at home right before then. They could feast in their pew, mm-hmm. but something about coming forward is like faith does need an activity, I'm aware of this. Like you know what I mean? You need to step out. Come down, Zacchaeus, I'm going to your house. Like there's something so special about when the Holy Spirit tells you to do something and you do it. Yep. You you start to believe. You know. I don't know, man. Are you saying that
1: they had twirling and dancing at where I was, it is <laughs> at the church.
2: Somewhere. I used to leap with all my might, the way I, yeah. I, I, the way I did today in private with no one around, uh-huh. because of him, because of who he is. Well, I'll tell you the truth. <laughs> the, they... uh, there was a time when I used to jump over pews to run to the altar when they invited you to receive prayer. I remember the one day, the first day, Brian, the first weekend, Brian Connolly came. I. I wasn't going to wait till he was done preaching. I said, lay your hands on me now. You know? Um, and of course, everyone was like, he's going to go down. And then I didn't go down. And people were like, I can't believe he didn't go down. I'm like, who cares about that? I want God. Yeah. You know what I mean? And that hunger, that hunger is critical. Because really, yes, we want momentum. In the, healing is the topic of this class. But what was interesting for me in this semester was, God was restoring, for me, a, a very exciting and beautiful vision of who is God and what is the gospel. And what is, like, what, is it, what can it look like to have faith in Jesus on planet Earth, you know? I you, we didn't really learn techniques as much as, let's, you know, the technique is try. <laughs> yeah.
0: This class for me was more of a catch the fire. Catch the fire and do what I say. Like like that's that, that's what this like like because every single class I've sat in has been like, hands on fire, just like and just do it. Like just like that's that's like that's what I've gotten out of this whole entire semester. Just like catch the fire and do it. Yeah,
2: Amber Shore told me the other day that she feels like that we're in a season at Gateway where God wants us to return to the simple things and actually do them and to actually believe them, actually receive them. That we've got so much more knowledge than we uh, are deeply rooted in. Mm -hmm. And that maybe one day deep teaching will be the appropriate thing to do, but right now what's needed is for the very basic, simple gospel of a really loving God who's so for us and so beautiful, and so that we know who he is, we know who we are, and then we know that we've been commissioned to do exactly the things that Jesus does. It's as simple as that, and you can. And it's not technique, it's just put your hand on him and say, be healed in Jesus' name, and if you believe, Holy Spirit flows, and it happens, you know? It's like, back in the day, I remember watching this video of this girl who just met Jesus. She'd never prayed for the sick before, and her mentor, who had led her to Jesus, said, now we're going to go out in public and we're going to pray for the sick. And she's like, what? And the video is her healing people just one <laughs> after another, bam, 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 by just putting her hand on, in, on them and saying, be healed in Jesus' name, and then saying, is it still there? And they're like, nope. And then she's like, oh, she's freaking out. And the guy says, with baby Christians like this, you almost always get these kind of results. Because you they could, don't
1: have that religion into it. <laughs>
2: Because it's not technique; it's Jesus. we not. No, it's not skill; it's Jesus. It's.
4: I this class was gonna be me learning to pray for the people, which I learned I already knew how to do that. <laughs> I just used to do it. And it was more about me being healed. Yep. Yeah. Like not just the healing of lupus, but the healing yes. of like a lot of other things. You know. I yep. was, like, I feel like I've been on a roller coaster. Um, but I was a little exam. A little anxiety I would tell my dad in the car, like, you need to do something because I'm not going in there because they're going to, like, do something new going to happen to me when I get in there
2: again. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for being willing to be the, what do you call it? Not guinea pig. The, the person who... That's not a
4: guinea
2: pig. The person who um, risked, risked vulnerability, yeah. In, in, that was probably my f- second favorite. I don't know. I think my favorite was just the presence of God. Uh, <coughs> just, yeah, just the presence of God is my favorite. <laughs> Seeing, see, being a part and having us all be a part of that journey with you that night was also really special.
0: And that was a very intense Holy Spirit thought. And you said, Stan, that I'd never be the same after
4: that, remember saying
0: that? No, I don't. I remember <laughs> it.
4: You said that, and it's yep. very true. It's very true. Awesome.
2: Now she's in the bathtub.
4: <laughs>
2: Naked in front of Jesus? How? How? How dare you? And my dog, because my
4: dog calls me to the bathroom.
2: Let's dial down now. Um, I'm gonna put this little document on the thing so you all can can see it, and you know that's a pretty astoundingly large list of of stuff that I've handed to you. You are not obligated to do anything except the things you're hungry for. Duty will not grow you very big. Hunger will grow you so big. That's what I've learned, man. And maybe it's my personality too, but...
0: Stay in your lane that God's given you.
2: Just, if you're hungry, feed that hunger. And and this church is filled with... Like, you guys have so much discernment. You guys know stuff about me that I don't know about me. Do you know what I mean? So this is a this is a really unusually I feel discerning and mature group of believers, especially for how tiny we are. It's like, so if you want resources and you want, if you know, this is a group that you can say, hey, who do I, who do I, I want to grow in this thing? Who do I, I want to grow in faith? And I'd be like Dan Moeller. and you're like, I want to grow in evangelism, and I'd be like Todd
0: White. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just keep your ears open to to, to the spirit, you know, and listen to what he's saying like like that's yep. a big key like like last like last night on prayer when I I could have stood up mm-hmm. there for five minutes at least and and said listen to the voice of truth over and over and over and over and over, and over and over again and that's what we need to be listening to is the voice of truth and what he's saying telling you to do if it's if it's go pray for somebody if it's what if it's not, and i'm not just talking up, about in church up, I'm, I'm not just talking about in church neither. i'm talking about out here you know like i think you know and i i'm guilty because i because you know it's like it's not the first thing on my radar when when like because i don't get out as much as everybody does because i don't drive you know but i think i think as as we get up in the mornings or, or whatever we're doing say lord i want to hear your voice what who am I supposed to? If there's somebody that I'm supposed to pray for, put them in my path. You know, um, I think it just really comes down to listening to the voice of the Lord and really making sure you're tuning in to the voice of truth and and not to listen to because the enemy will lie to us about ourselves. Oh yeah, he'll tell us he'll tell us everything's <laughs> with for ourselves, and we we gotta you know we gotta say nope, that's not the truth.
2: Jesus called it the stranger's voice.
0: Yep. I mean,
2: the stranger's voice, and here's the weird thing, and this is what was going on in my, my tabernacle vision, is the stranger's voice will even try to follow you into the holy place. You know, but it's not Jesus. And so instead of freaking out and acting like the voice needs to stop, you just learn to recognize the difference between the stranger's voice and the voice of the shepherd. I think it's a, a actually a weak level of faith to need the voice to stop, and I think it's a healthy thing to not need that the stranger's voice to stop, but to actually make that demon suffer by letting the accusations and lies and stuff become the the catapult to confessing out loud the truth that you know. But yeah, he just sitting and listening and and Stan, it's not even it's, it doesn't even have to be invite them into your path. It can be. Who's just on your heart lately? Yeah. Who's on your mind lately? And that's like, you're so, you're so filled with the Spirit. Y'all are so filled with the Spirit that just somebody being on your mind lately makes me know that you're supposed to reach out to them and either pray for them or ask them how you can pray for them or just check in on how you doing?
3: Because mm-hmm.
2: like, that's, how, that's how Spirit-filled y'all are. That just somebody being on your mind, that means God put him on your mind. That's, that, I believe that. I strongly believe that. Because that's how I live. Yep.
1: You too. Yep. So is all I pray.
2: And I don't assume that I've got something y'all don't at all. In fact, uh, Kate hit me with something the other week, and I've been puzzled by it. She basically said, How can you always resist us praying for you? <laughs> and I was like, dang it, she caught me. Because <laughs> I'm more comfortable ministering than I am being ministered to. That's See, why.
0: That's, that's me. That's me right there. See? Y'all have some discernment. <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm, more comfortable in like ministering. Like I, I receive prayer, but it's like I'd rather just pray for people.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: And then some has that's somehow calling, though. I think.
2: Maybe. It Ta- Tammy one. told me that of the people she's done so-so for, like I, I'm unusually resistant to receiving. Hmm. As soon as I, as soon as God does something t- for me. I instantly try to make sure that it wasn't a waste of his investment, and, and prayed that I'll be worthy to get, I'll be faithful to give it away. It's instantly as soon as the gift comes in, I try to Jesus, help me give this away. And she goes, "Holy cow, Tim, you're the worst I've ever seen." And 200 and something plus sozos have done, or whatever. And she's like, "I know I'm breaking the sozo rules by telling you this, but as a friend, you need to learn to receive." And I was like, "Yes, okay," and that was super helpful. So here's how I want us to pray these impartation prayers at the end. First thing is, let's just... I I was just seeking God a little bit ago while y'all were talking. (laughs) Saying, um, how should we do this time? And um, I think we're just supposed to start by each one of us waiting and inviting Holy Spirit's presence to increase. we welcome you God we know you dwell in us but we welcome you to increase increase your presence on our lives not just in this moment not just tonight but increase your presence increase your manifest presence in our in our daily lives God Holy Spirit wreck us Saturate us, God. Saturate our hearts. Jesus, we honor you. We honor you, Jesus. We honor you, Father. We ask that you would come and do the impartation. (coughs) We ask that you would come and lay your hand upon us tonight. Worship you. not
3: oh This
2: room is meant to be more like this. She's here.